I've been thinking it's gonna take all my time, but it's only an hour of my life. I've been thinking it's gonna take all my time, but it's only an hour of my life. I'm gonna break the cycle tonight. I'm gonna break the cycle tonight. Hey, this is Lavender and welcome back to Breaking the Cycle. It's been a long time. Um, lots to talk about today. I'm gonna try to keep some type of order. <laughs> I tend to go all over the place, but it still kind of has an order, but I want to like stick to a specific form of order today. I want to talk about most important, least important, um, to start off, I hope everyone's November is going well, and a lot of people are on holiday, um, seeing their families, and this may be the first holiday or like a holiday that everyone's kind of like home and um, staying inside and spending time with their loved ones and um, your loved ones may be not with you. I mean, I'll be able to see them or, um, you know, so I hope you're doing okay and taking the steps you need to, um, you know, whether that's spending time with your friends or your friend's family or um, talking to people and things like that, you know, just taking care of yourself, it's all really important stuff, um, it's Trans Awareness Week, and, um, Indigenous Remembrance, Remembrance Month, I think, um, and, so in honor of that, and honor of Indigenous people, um, I will be discussing two um, specific films that I have posted about. Um, I did watch this year. There was a post by Lance on Instagram. Um, he is an indigenous Instagrammer who um, is in college. And um, yeah, he just does great things and really advocates for his community. Um, and there was a post about um, indigenous films like on Hulu, Netflix, FX, like different platforms and I checked out two of them and I really liked them one of them was actually on my list already to watch um and I wasn't even sure like the description wasn't like as explicit so one is about the Maori or Maori um New Zealand indigenous people and um the other is about Canadian indigenous um like a story both are like stories both are not true stories but um for some people it might be their story you know so i wanted to talk about the first one um cousins it um was released march of 2021 and um it was directed by Breyer grace smith who also was in the film and Ansley Gardner, who I um, don't believe was in the film. And Briar Grace Smith plays older Macarita, um, like the older version. So it starts <sighs> at first, I was kind of confused because it kept going back and forth between different times in the characters' lives, but um. The description is three Maori cousins, Maori, I hate if I'm like mispronouncing that, I really don't want to, um, Maori, Maori. I don't know if that's correct, um, um, but three Maori cousins who live um, three very different and tumultuous, tumultuous 
lives after one of them is taken from her family and raised in an orphanage. And this movie is very heavy. So, um, both are actually. So, um, if you decide to watch it, be prepared for that. It has a lot of heavy topics that, um, I can relate to in a lot of aspects. And, um, my, I've never met someone who is, um, Maori from New Zealand. Um, I don't even think I've met someone from New Zealand. All I know about New Zealand is that it's a beautiful place. Um, like most beautiful places, um, indigenous people were there first, um, and a lot of their land and their culture and stuff has been taken from them. Sometimes I hear things every now and then. I'd watched a comedy about a New Zealand, um, that like talked about Maori people and stuff, but these films are a little more serious. And, um, I've always been... I've always felt connected and like interested in um, in people of indigenous descent or who are indigenous. And um, I live in a state that has quite a few, but as far as um, the community, I would say they keep to themselves and I don't know anyone personally who is fully indigenous um, or even indigenous at all. Like those are the people growing up um, who are black, there are black indigenous people, there's black people in every type of mixture and spectrum, but um, specifically, it's always kind of like said in the black community, like all people who say who are black, or a lot of people who are black and have never like actually um, tried to find out if they are actually indigenous, just kind of say, yeah, I'm indigenous. Um, they just claim that. Um, some people actually do have, like, their grandparents or great-grandparents were actually um, indigenous and stuff. I have no indigenous American blood or Native American or um, that type of indigeneity. Um, I would believe that I have maroon um, Jamaican indigenous blood in me. And I wish there was a way to find out more, but... Um, I do really feel for um, indigenous people all around. I feel like um, me and my people and their people have a lot of pain and suffering in common. So um, anyway, back to cousins. It was, um, without getting too much of spoilers, because I really do suggest you watch it, especially um, over this holiday. I think it's important to recognize um, tragedies that affect communities and, you know, watch things that are kind of outside of your bubble. Like for me, I've never um, met an indigenous person. Um, and I know that you don't have to be indigenous um, to like live on reservations or um, participate in your culture. Um, and there's just a whole bunch of things. I just, um, I really feel for them when they're trying to preserve their languages and their land and take back their land. And I feel like they've been fighting since the very beginning of time. And um, black people started fighting not too soon after, so. Um, that's a lot, <clears throat> and um, I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know, I kind of feel like, I guess, more emotional about it than I thought, I guess, talking about it, but that was not part of the plan, <laughs> um, but watching the film was so... <clears throat> It just looks so, um, there were parts of it, like, when Mata, so her mom died, essentially, her mom is indigenous, her father is white, and her mother took her to, like, this place, 
like an orphanage type of place. But she was supposed to come back. Um, but she died. <sighs> but when her father told her she died, he had lied about it. And um, I don't know why he didn't take her. I think he was being spiteful and angry. And it doesn't go into a lot of details about Mata's abuse, but um, based on like context clues and stuff, I would say she was heavily Christianized and decolonized. I'm, I'm sorry, colonized and whitewashed um, to think that her own people were dirty. Like there was a gardener who recognized that she was Mori and he tried to speak to her in the language and she just like got scared and like she would pray all the time um but all she wanted was her mom to come back and this awful awful woman this awful white woman um adopted her but took full advantage of her, treated her like a servant more than like a daughter, and um, just made her feel bad about her indigenous features and her family. And so Matas, um, when she was young, spent a summer with her family. It was her first time meeting her cousins, first time meeting like her grandmother. And it was so beautiful when she met her grandmother, like her grandmother, like she was afraid of everybody because she couldn't understand the language because all of them spoke their language and they were like yeah we have to speak english for her and she was just like afraid of them and like she would pray and they were like like she would pray to christian the christian god and they were like they were trying to be respectful because one of her cousins was also half white that cousin was the one that was kind of mean to her it was the other one the oldest one who wanted to help her and like they were like we have to work to get you to come home like you know, and it was so beautiful her grandmother. Um, she like held her face. I don't know what it's called in um, New Zealand culture. And I, I'm just, <clears throat> she like put her forehead against her forehead. And they were just, and at first Mata was very uncomfortable. But then it was like a calm rush over her. I think it was the first time she ever connected with someone not only related to her and from her culture, but just like really related to someone and felt that love. It was so beautiful. It was like a very short moment, but it was so beautiful. So it goes through her life because they don't get to get her back. It's like a whole bunch of bullshit. <clears throat> I don't even know what happens to the dad. I guess he just like abandons his daughter. So the cousin, Macarita, who is also played by the director. So when she's young, because she is the oldest, I think she's the first grandchild. She has duties. And um, on her birthday, I would say her 16th birthday, um, there's supposed to be this big party and everything. She still thinks about Mata. Um... And I think Mata at this time is like working and lacing full advantage of her, taking her money and stuff and talking shit about her people, making Mata feel like, like she has no identity. She, she doesn't even know herself. She, um, it's hard for her to connect to people. She's, um, just really going through a lot and she's just really to herself. Um, Margarita realizes that it's not a birthday celebration, but it's an arranged marriage and she doesn't want to do it. She wants to go to school. She, I think she decides to become a lawyer to advocate for her people. And her cousin, um, that Missy is um, the name of the cousin who is also half white, but she has red hair. She's so pretty. Like the actress that plays her is gorgeous. Um, everyone in the film is gorgeous, actually. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like when I, I, it's not a lot of like indigenous people content. Like that is, I, I feel, you know, like, you have Twilight. Twilight doesn't, I mean, even though those are very gorgeous indigenous people. Um, and like, the, it's so crazy because the guy in Twilight, the um, Mr. Black, um, 
the chief he like in all these like other films i've seen like he always plays an indigenous person which i mean obviously yes but as in like he is the token indigenous person but there's so many other like actors and 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 directors like there's so many things that he could do more and like they could do more it's just that's like a tangent of another thing but her cousin missy she decides that she'll marry whoever her cousin was arranged to because everyone's crying and like shaming the family and like this is you know i i totally respect and understand the whole wanting to keep the bonds strong within your culture um i think that was just so beautiful and she went through with the wedding and i think it was meant to be because they got along so well they had children and she was just so happy i think she thought she would never because she was so strong and independent that she would never get married that she wasn't pretty enough and all this stuff it's just a loaded situation and so it goes like through a montage showing each girl's experience through life. Missy gives birth. Um, Macarita gets the Maori tattoo. Um, she graduates. She goes to college, lives her life. She does what she wants. She advocates for her people. She's trying to find her cousin. Um <clears throat> Mata is just having a really hard time and with her first job and like she's doing laundry or something like I think that's her job at this factory there's other Maori people because they're act like they ask this question it comes up a lot in the film like who are your people or where are you from and she's always unable to really answer it she feels so disconnected from her own like deeper self it's so sad and she meets this Maori boy he loves her she loves him as the first time because she has like was given a white name and she's like no my name is not that like she gives the courage I think for the first time to say her full given indigenous name and they get married she moves out from the crazy old lady she's happy she wants to have kids and she still has so much trauma like because she needs therapy she needs to find her family she needs so much and this is also another part I relate to she I think after getting married she's tried to have sex with her husband and whatever they put in her head and whatever she's been through she just can't. It's like a hot blade piercing your skin. And it's something she knows she's supposed to do to, for her, she's supposed to do. She wants kids and she loves him and he loves her. But he doesn't like that it's hurting her, that she's so afraid and she hates it and um he decides to leave her the house and he said i'll cover the house you can live here as long as you want but i can't do this anymore and he leaves her and it's like you know she's had so much trauma so it's like another chunk of her is gone something that she can't get back um And then someone she was at the orphanage with popped into her life just to use her, to watch her kid. And then Mata connected with this child so much. She wanted children. She wanted someone to connect to. And the blue girl comes back and she's married and she just takes her son and doesn't say thank you to Mata. Doesn't say you're, you know, just like, it, this is her breaking point. Because we see throughout the film that she's homeless and she's very disoriented. She's not like on drugs or anything. She's just, I would say, suffering from a broken heart and broken mind. And um, 
that day that the child is taken from her, she walks out of her house with a coat that her ex-husband had given her. It was the first thing anyone had ever given her. Her shoes, clothes on her back, and she just walked into the night. She just never stopped walking for maybe like 20 years. All that time her cousin was looking for her. And her cousin was sick and uh, Macarita. And she didn't tell her family how sick she was. I think it was a cancer that was terminal. And by accident or by luck, Mata found Macarita. And at this time, Mata doesn't really talk anymore. She's homeless. She's in pain. She's lost. She's looking for her mom and other women that look like her, other Maori women. She's so brokenhearted, years and years of pain. And Macarita, after finding and her cousin, letting her family know that she's coming home and she's at peace she's she passes and um it's missy and mata <laughs> and they cry for their cousin and they cry for the pain that the loss of years to be together and they have like it's so beautiful they have the traditional funeral and this beautiful little like hut and on their land and that's where Mata will spend her days it's a really beautiful film it's really well done and when I watch things and I read about stuff like that it um it makes me want to give my services to indigenous people all over the world and black people and people of color and it's just life is hard and the film is so good the music is incredible the costume design like just hearing the language language is just it's everything Um, so that, that is Cousins. <laughs> um, and then, there is another film, The Body Remembers, When the World Broke Open, uh, that was initially released February 9, 2019. Elmaja Tailfeathers and Kathleen Hepburn, they both star in the film, I believe. It's really good. Um, this is another heavy film. Um, the description says, after a chance encounter on a busy street, a woman decides to bring a pregnant domestic abuse victim home and encourages her to seek help to navigate the aftermath of a tra- of the traumatic event. So, Ayla is um, an indigenous woman. This is in Canada. She just went to get um, IUD inserted. And, um, during the process, she's very uncomfortable. I'm not sure if it's because her daughter is male or just, I'm sure it just feels uncomfortable as well. But also she has a passive, she had an abortion. Um, I think she said eight, six years ago. Um, she has a partner, um, she lives with him and they live together and, seems like she has a professional job and she's just a sweet girl and on her way home she, um so i think with rosie it just starts with her a little bit um you can hear the outbursts of 
At first I thought it was her brother, but um, it turns out to be her boyfriend, and I think it's her boyfriend's mom that they live with in the apartment. And Rosie is pregnant. I don't think I knew she was pregnant until after she got to safety, and um, he's abuseful. Um, he steals money from her. I believe he does drugs and has mental illness. Um, it's, it's a lot going on in this movie. Um, it's very, like, raw film direction of, like, following them as she's, he just, like, was beating her up. She got away. She's barefoot. And she's kind of, like, in shock. But not because, of, like, he did it, but just, like, it's raining. She's just barefoot, bloody, standing in the rain. Just like, so she, I love to, uh, to help, um, Rosie, Rosie is a woman's name, and, um, Isla recognizes that Rosie is also indigenous, and they talk a little bit about that, she's trying to get her help, she's trying to find, like, a home, shelter place, um, for bad women, and she's like, no, I'm not like that, I'm fine, like, not like all the time sometimes it's good and she's like just very in denial just very in deep and Isla is very worried about her and the baby's safety and it's a very long process it's such a beautiful film as well um well directed well written well executed by all the actors involved um it's just very raw emotion you're with them all the way through. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't have like really a happy ending. You're kind of just left in suspense, wondering, hoping. <sighs> but that film is also on Netflix. It's very good. It's very good. Um, it has beautiful people in it, and, um, yeah, I mean, I just sometimes think about how I don't really know anyone in my own life that I've met that is indigenous. I've been to, when I was younger, um, there's a powwow that I've been through was for a school trip, and... I don't I always wonder like was that you know was indigenous people who organized it were performing and selling different items and I'm just like isn't that something that is appropriate in that space because it is on colonized stolen bloody land but everywhere is colonized, stolen, bloody land. And I just wish, like, I'm 21, so my whole life it seemed like more and more injustices. So I would love to know more. I do follow a lot of people who are indigenous and knowledgeable about those things. And I post what I can, share what I can. Um, sometimes it's just, it's difficult to understand how people can be the way they are. I feel like they deserve so much more, so much better. And we just, we don't take care of the land, we don't take care of the animals, and we don't take care of the people. So, we're taking care of all these artificial, meaningless things. You know? I've watched documentaries and videos about the domestic abuse, the drug abuse, alcohol abuse. I mean, missing girls and boys. And just 
the traumas. It's really just a lot, so I would heavily suggest everyone open their minds and their hearts and just be more aware of what's going on because it's getting harder and harder to ignore and we need to be kinder to each other because we're all human even though some of us act like we're not or treat others like we're not we gotta try yeah so now i wanted to talk about some films i've been thinking about that i think as far as remakes are should be remade with uh, a more accurately diverse cast um for example one of my favorite films is push which is a nine film with chris evans camilla bell dakota fanning and jamon Honsu. Um, it's one of my favorite films. It has one of my favorite songs by The Knot Twist. Um, and mm, it's a really good film. Um, I've always wished it was a book or something. It's just really weird. Like, the three main characters are all white. And... I don't know. It's just, like... I recognize there are foreigners in all parts of the world. People who are not native to the land. And the majority of the land, or whatever. But it just was like... This could definitely be remade. In modern day, it's been over... 10 years now since the film and I mean like Dakota Fanning, Camila Bell, Chris Evans can all like you know be indigenous to the land it could be like crazy rich Asians and all that stuff like it can have a full Asian cast um I just think that would be cool. I would love to see a remake of it. Um, it's a good movie. I think about the movie all the time. I wish it was like a book and like there was more to it. I wish they would do like a second one. But everybody who was in it was like, it was a different time. They're all in different parts of their lives and doing different things. But it's very good. So that's... One of the films, and then another one is Things You Can Tell Just By Looking At Her. Um, it's actually free on Tubi right now. I highly recommend it. It has a wonderful, incredibly large um, female-led cast. It has Glenn Close, Cameron Diaz, Holly Hunter, Kathy Baker, Callista Flockhart, Amy Brenneman, Valeria Galino, um, Garky Hines is in it. He's like the only black person, which is cool, 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 cool. Um, but it's so good. Like I found it by accident. So it's a 2000s film, and it says in California, a group of women struggle with personal problems after their past intertwine in unexpected ways. Dr. Elaine Keener. The sole caretaker for her aging mother turns to tarot. Card reader Christine. For spiritual aid, Christine grapples with her own angst due to her love's debilitating illness. Meanwhile, a bank manager deals with an unwanted pregnancy. Two sisters pursue romantic interests, and a housewife gets back into the dating game. And I'm pretty sure there's like a suicide in there. And this is like a wild film. It's just got everything that you could possibly need in it it's hilarious it's 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 incredibly well done um it's directed by and the screenplay was written by rodrigo garcia um he is colombian cool um yeah he did a phenomenal job um and i feel like 
the actresses had to have some type of input because I mean who can tell a woman her own experience with a lot of these topics are just heavy but unfortunately it is all white female cast I would love to see diversity in a remake um and when I say diversity I don't just mean black women I mean um queer people of color and black I always say that I don't see enough Hispanic and indigenous representation in non like in films like this like drama films that aren't like centered around oh your whole identity is that you're um Latinx or whatever and it's like no but I'm just like regular girl like regular person just going through regular person things and I would love to see that because they have such like a vast age range of like really old to middle aged to really young um Cameron Diaz unfortunately does play a blind person which um I'm always fully there for people who actually have the disabilities to play roles people that of the characters that have disabilities like it's not hard it can be done like come on but it's the 2000s so different time um and it's just such interesting film as it follows these characters and i just would love to see diversity even some men included like following their um experience through it but it's called things you can tell just by looking at her so maybe a trans character like it just there's so much that could be done with this if it was remade that's why i wish like people like me who have this like vision of like not really just like diversity but like actually making films that are better <laughs> than like existing things or like you know but it's all about money and who you know and and you know i'm on a different path and who knows if I make a whole bunch of money if one day it might be like a hobby I do and it just was like the execution was there and for that time it was a very deep film there just could be so much more yeah there could have been so much more and um yeah so I guess updates with me by the next episode I'll be done with my term just trying to like pass my classes um I'm excited I start clinicals next year I got my placement I'm pretty excited for that um and I guess I'm just going to say I'm very grateful to Brittany from the Lonely Cast and um grateful to some people who've just been kind to me and honest with me um even if I don't speak to you again I appreciate appreciate everything. Um, I was told that I am blocking the ability for people to connect with me, uh, which is true. I don't know how to not do that. <laughs> like I'm totally trying my best. I think after my assault, like. My whole world just kind of turned upside down. Like, I know I should have stayed home that day. Six Flags, like, I wasn't in the right state of mind. But I'm grateful that I didn't. Because even though I cut off a lot of people or I lost a lot of people, there's one central person who's always been there for me always accepted me he's always been patient with me um <laughs> loves me and um owes me nothing <laughs> um you know someone tells me I love me I'm like why <laughs> but it's hard for me to the way I was raised uh, 
I was raised to be wary of people, not trust them, not let them in. If I wasn't getting constant attention, affirmation, responses, then they didn't like me. And that's how I was raised. That's what I was taught. And I'm setting boundaries with my family about things that just because that's how you feel and that's your love language or whatever, that's not me. It's like I'm able to like not have so much anxiety surrounding my relationship with my friend. Because that's, that's all I've been trying to do. I've found someone that I connect to. Uh, it's like I don't care about anybody else. Um, you know, I have my sister. My sister and we talk about how we're each other's best friends. And even though we have friends, like, we're each other's number one. And, um, you know, there's a lot of learned behavior I have to undo. And it's so funny when I lost someone. It just feels for the best. Sometimes you just gotta let, people just gotta let you go. And then, you know, what was said was so true that it was like almost like instantly I like switched because my friend will act, will say, because I'll say like whatever you want to do, whenever you want to see me, whenever you want to talk to me, that's fine with me. And she'll say, this relationship is a two-way street, so you have to tell me what you want. And I'm like, whatever you want. <laughs> that's not like that's not the right answer, you know. Um, but I, I've decided that what I want, as I'm with my therapist, to discuss me living in the present, I'm not thinking about future kids, I'm not thinking about future plans that are like too far out there just me putting myself in a box that I'm this black woman and that my life will always be hard and difficult and I'll never be able to be happy or accomplish and I'll always have to fight and I'll always have to do this and I'm like it's not me it's not me it's not me that's talking it's things I've been taught it's things have been passed down to me I, that's not me that's not how I feel at all And I just want to pass my classes. I want to enjoy the break. I'm like planning to get books and movies from the library like I used to. Um, I want to, if people want to see me, that'll be cool. I want to be with my cat. I want to, I want to enjoy my life. That's what I want. For the first time in um, a couple of years, let's say since middle school, I've had like a consistent, really good month. I set boundaries and took charge, and I had a lot of like happy moments. I didn't have any anxiety um, or depression. Um, I kept up with tracking my mood and. I did cry, not just today, I did cry this week, but it wasn't like bad or, or awful or anything. Um, sometimes they just gotta be released and it was out of like a little bit of anger, but I had to accept that sometimes even with the people you love, they don't know how to like not project their own pain of their fears, you know? touch on to you and um yeah <laughs> yeah I feel so like good I didn't have any anxiety texting my friend it's like usually I would be like I was taught like if someone doesn't text you that day they don't care about you if someone doesn't text you first they don't care about you like all these things I didn't react that way I thought they would respond once a day, then the next day, and I would respond. They respond if I wanted to send them something that, like, about pets or something, because we both have pets and about stuff, like, you know, and 
I just didn't have any anxiety surrounded it. I used to have really bad anxiety about the phone. Oh my god, about texting. Uh, I've said this to Brittany. I hate texting. And, like, because so much gets lost in translation. And there's so much I want to say. And I get so overwhelmed by me sending, like, essays. And it's not even me trying to send essays. I just, like... I'm very, I, I, I write poetry, writing is my bread and butter, like, I'm trying to express something, I'm going to express it fully out, but now I send voice notes, I love that technology has advanced so much, I send voice notes when it's, like, too much, and my friend, she'll send me voice notes when it's too much, and I save all the voice notes she sends me, and I'll play them over sometimes, and she sent me, like, a voice note. And I don't know why she did it, um, but she was just telling me how much she appreciates me. And how much she missed me. And it was just a lot. It was just a lot. I was like, okay, too much human contact. Gross. And stuff like that. It just was like, through all the stuff we've been through, I miss her so much. I'm so grateful for her in my life. This is so dumb. <laughs> yeah, my therapist would be so happy. She's like, uh, oh, you're crying. I'm crying like three times this month. I'm not having like I'm not having like um any uh breakdowns or anything mm-hmm. i just think i haven't cried this much in like so many years in a month i haven't cried so many years like this but it's not like bad and i've gone walking a lot the heck i couldn't even go walking today <laughs> i guess because i went up the mountain i can't even go today because my ankle felt like it hurt so i got like food after class and it was so good oh my god like I'm so glad that not you read me. Like, there's so many other things I can eat in so many different ways. It's so good. I've just really been listening to my body. Like, when I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm full, I stop. Um. I think a lot about my eating disorder. And how, like... Someone at my school who I studied with had said something really insensitive. And the next day I texted them about it because it was still in my mind. I was like, yeah, I'm going to let you know. Because you have the right to your opinions about what you think people exercise. Like, they'll say to someone that you with, like, oh, you don't need to exercise. Your stomach is flat. You're so skinny. And I was like, okay, well, that insinuates the idea that only fat people need to work out. Like... People work out for plethora of reasons. That's very insensitive. And as someone who has anxiety and depression and eating disorder, I don't appreciate that. And I would like you to not use that type of language around me. You have the right to your independence. But I was like, you need to be very aware. We're trying to be nurses. Like, you can't say that kind of thing. You don't know what anybody's going through, whether you're, they're your patient or not. There's so many people, I think, especially in the black community, that have eating disorders and don't even realize they have eating disorders. Because... <laughs> We are the, I would say, the top to, uh, that, like, that are not even realized that diet fast, um, buy all these diet pills, diet powders, diet things that wrap, use these really dangerous waist trainers and restrict, 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 um, and feel guilty when we eat something that's out of our diet or, that's fattening and it's just a cycle it's really messed up and I'm so glad that I'm I'm not there I don't keep track of what I eat anymore I don't weigh myself when I do it's like rare and I don't like feel like the number is me and I live a very healthy lifestyle it's my body so gonna take care of it the way I want 
and not going to try to fit these crazy ideals that not even people that have perfect bodies, bodies they still have like stuff they struggle with. So, um, am I on track? <laughs> uh, getting annoyed by these, uh, it's like the more followers I get. People are like more and more annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. But anyway, I, let's talk about people in need. It's been really good this month. November has been really good. Uh, I have one package left because I made one more than I needed. But it made me really sad because as I'm like packing it, I packed it like in my car. Like, I bought so many things on a Dollar Tree. My mom would get scarves from, um, and, um, I got some donations, like, monetary and physical, like, snacks. Mostly I got snacks and, like, shower body wipe things from donation. And as I'm packing them, I'm like, this is not enough. Like, you know, like, all the people in need, like, this is not enough. It made me really sad. So... Hopefully by the end of the month, I've given the last given the last package and scarves. Like the weather has been so on and off, but I think it now it's just consistently cold. But when it gets hot, it's like kind of hard. And sometimes I'm driving and they're like too far, and I don't want to like you know put myself in danger or put them in danger. So I just try to like access to the people that are near when I'm driving and like pay attention, you know. I haven't taken any pictures. I posted about it already, about what goes in there and how it's going. Like, the GoFundMe is so active. But I refuse to take any pictures. Like, my mom was even asking me for some people that donated and stuff. And I'm like, no, these are people. I'm not taking any pictures of these people with or without their consent. I don't want to. The packages are enough. Like, it just is very insensitive and wrong and inhumane to me, and I won't be doing that. So, I'm very happy. Um, yeah, I'm very happy. A few people I follow, um, I'm shout out to Rocky. Um, I have posted about them. I have like a new story section called Support. So those are like businesses that I hope you guys choose to support, check out, share, all kind of stuff. They started their online store. Super cute. They're selling like body butters and oils and just very care, holistic, beautiful things. It's black owned, female owned. Um, I think she's going to school to get her PhD. I met them at Afropunk and they're just super sweet and I hope that they're well. Um, I don't really have that much to talk about. I think this month, like, I just really been focused on school. I'm trying to see to the outline. I'll have way more like December. I'm trying to do so much. Um, I hope it goes through. I have like some things I'm planning for the podcast. Um, it's really gonna enjoy my time, and. You know, I hope everybody's doing well, you know, it's wild, there's been a lot of cases and bullshit and murders and violence, there's been a lot of violence, so please stay safe, please be aware, protect yourself, protect your loved ones. If in doubt, call for help. Don't, you know, sometimes people are a distraction, a decoy to put you into a dangerous situation. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't be kind. I think kindness is like the simplest thing you could do. Be kind. Be kind to yourselves too. Gosh, it's so good to record.
I can't believe I cried so much. <laughs> um, and yeah, my cat babies are good. I was able to take Emerald on a really long drive, and she's so weird. Like, she's an outdoor So, basically, she's a stray that has been given her shots and, like, stays at a family friend's, my aunt's house, and she wants me to have the cat. I don't want both of them. That's like a lot. And I think her daughters really appreciate just having one of them. So Emerald, Emerald likes to go with me. I have a harness for her. Um, a friend of mine let me borrow their carrier. I was going to get one, but I was like, oh my God, I don't want to be like spending so much. And like, she's not even mine. I don't know if she's going to live that long to the point where I can have her. And like, I need to get her a spade and so many things that but I'm going to wait till she's actually mine. Like, I don't want to like, you know super sweet they're both beautiful sweet cats um and i kind of get her wet food because i feel like she's so dehydrated like i feel like she doesn't drink enough water but like once i was her drinking like dirty water somewhere outside and i was like so you like dirty water you don't like clean water like she gets freaked out by me pouring water for her and i'm like oh my god but she handles so well but like i try to take her outside she's like no and i'm like you're an outdoor cat just like a different outdoor space so she's like no and i'm like wow so i guess maybe i need to get the carrier backpack for her i don't know i have so many questions for her she do the most but she's so freaking cute and evil because all cats are evil but she's so cute she was laying down <laughs> she was just she's just really cute and i did not know that cats can get aids <laughs> I was just like, wait, what? I didn't even know there was, like, AIDS for animals. I just thought it was for people. Oh, wait. And I found out Bojangles, they donate to muscle dystrophy research, which is really important research because it's such an awful disease. If you go to Bojangles and you want to donate to that, you know? Because their bow rounds are really good. I've been looking at photo albums a lot. I've been looking at them like a couple of years since you renovated. I used to look at them like every month, but it's so sweet seeing like my loved ones and stuff. And I just put it next to my altar. And I'm like, who is this? Like, a lot of them are dead. <laughs> a lot of my older, like, I was able to have my first time to Jamaica, my great grandparents on my grandma's side. How many people could say that? Even though I was really young, it like looks like I was really loved by them, you know. So, Whew. Paris Hilton is married. Malala is married. And I wish them both happy, beautiful, long, loving lives. Um. just watch this awesome show called um Senator World. It's so cute and really deep, but like every cartoon ever. Um like you know it's cute and deep. And then Curse Cowry Dog is gonna be off prime soon. There's just so many things. But yeah definitely check out Senator World. Season 2 is coming out December 7th. Now, like, getting my sister guide to, like, Underworld. It's so good. Underworld and Blade are, like, my favorite 90s sci-fi thriller films that have, like, series. They're really good. I'll watch them over and over and over. Like, I would love to own the box set or just, like, merch from it. I need to chill on the merch. I just bought a whole bunch of things. Not like merch wise, but just in general. So I'm looking forward to making money over the holidays. <laughs> I do have to work tomorrow and it is midnight. I did take a nap today. I had a really good day. But I think this episode is long enough. I think I've cried enough. I'm gonna go spend some time with my mom. 
I really um, appreciate everyone that listens and everyone that's donated and shared for the people in need. Um, and thanks for sticking around. Don't know why you would, but clearly you think I'm awesome. Just like suspicious. <laughs> Just kidding. I wish you all an abundance of hope, love, and protection. Take care of yourselves, be kind to yourselves and others. And watch Hentify too. And I'm, I hope there's another season that's coming. At least like finish it. I feel like it would be the end. But it was really beautiful. Really enjoyed that. So <laughs>